0: All right, before we get started, I do want to say thanks to one of our latest sponsors. These guys coming on to support the show. Keep us on the air. It's ATI Physical Therapy, one of the leaders in clinical research within this profession of physical therapy. All their 900 plus ATI clinics placed within the 100th percentile in CMS's merit-based incentive program for the second consecutive year. Yeah, their team has also published over 20 peer-reviewed articles in 2022 alone, and they'll be presenting eight different lectures at this year's CSM. We all know how important it is to stay up to date on what's going on in the profession. And what we're saying is ATIPT, they're doing some really important work. So if you wanna join their team all across the country and jumpstart your new career, go to ATIPT.com. That is ATIPT.com. Excited for you to take a listen to this episode. I'm excited to relive it. Uh, Greg Lehman is someone I've followed on social media for a while. I feel, like you, I feel like I say that a lot. It's how I find guests, right? But the cool part about Greg, that I think anyway, is that his ability to take an argument or something that he feels or thinks, or thinks he thinks, we're getting very meta, and he takes a deep dive into it and he sort of challenges his own beliefs. And I think we get into this part of the conversation in this episode where he says, yeah, like for part of my career, I definitely believed A. And then somewhere along the line, I started to question A. And then after a while, I was actually like, I don't think it's A. Maybe it's B, or maybe it's a blending of A and B. Maybe the answer is somewhere in the middle. So I I like the way he approaches, um, and I'm using air quotes on a podcast here, arguments. But really, he's just trying to understand stuff. Make sure you dig into this episode. It's a pretty good one. I want to say thanks to our friends at MW Therapy. They deliver a modern all-in-one outpatient PTEMR with a built-in patient portal, marketing automations, and billing features you want at a great value. mwtherapy.com where switching your EMR is easy. And here's a question. Would adding an additional $290 per patient per quarter help your clinic? Of course it would. Well, remote patient monitoring can do that. Find out how to get started with remote patient monitoring at physiotech.ca. That's physio t e c .ca. All right, let's get started. Here is Greg Lehman, on PT Podcast, uh, Greg. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Long time, someone listening to you and your thought process. First time getting to interact in real time, um, and do it, you know, in a more, I guess, real way. I'm always the thing that comes comes across is I've watched you interact with people on social media, which is could be its own series of episodes, and I'm always curious because your um, responses are often measured and never really off the point. So I'm not trying to kiss your butt too early in, uh, in the episode, um, but um, what's it like behind the keyboard when you're responding to, and I guess like the first topic we'll go into really is finding common ground. I feel like that's yeah, yeah. what you spend a lot of time doing, which is, um, Finding common ground amongst you know, and we'll 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 keep this to specifically things within the profession, which is like different clinical approaches. So I'm always impressed how you keep it on task when some things, especially on Twitter, can devolve quickly for better or for worse. Because some people are just there for the comments. uh
1: yeah. So what what it's like? I have I'm happy for like the delete button, that that like people can't (laughs) see what you're writing in real time. That would totally. (laughs) That's good. That's good or they, if someone was capturing my keystrokes
0: uh-oh and that supposedly, got published supposedly i don't know if twitter does this but facebook does this and they oh, wow. take a lot of that data and they sort of you know use that for for better or for worse i had a former boss just at a pt school who used to do sort of the opposite of what you did and i remember having conversations with him and i said listen write write the email write the post rate it to me, rate it to the people in the office, and then don't send it. And I'm like, I'm telling you, you're going to get the therapeutic benefit of getting it literally off your chest. Yeah. But it's not going to help. And I and he didn't do that. He always sent, he he, he didn't use the delete button. Um, but your, your goal really seems to be um, understanding common ground. It's probably not this or that. It's probably a, a this and that, or some of this and some of that. How do you keep yeah. it so clear?
1: Yeah, so I, I've always liked asking questions. You know, like I like to, uh, when I was in grad school, I think that's what I always did well. There was people, everyone was smarter than me or they had better a tech, better technical background. But I think what always helped me is I could ask good questions to try to understand the topic. And that's sort of yeah. the idea. So what, often what happens online is people are talking about two different things and they don't realize it. Yeah yep you know and so the, the advice you often hear people say I'm sh- someone famous said it but it, it, it's helpful to repeat what other people said this is what i think you're saying and then you give your statement you know related to that you know yeah. and summarizing and we don't we don't we don't do uh enough of that we jump in and we argue with what we thought we yeah. heard not with what the person said or meant yeah.
0: we did a book review not long ago um, a bunch of us did like a book club and it was from a topic or from a book that from the get-go doesn't sound like it makes any sense why a bunch of PTs would read it. But it was written by a former hostage negotiator for the FBI. It was uh, Never Split the Difference. Are you familiar with that one? No. I re- I rarely read books multiple times. I do, I do love reading, but I rarely read books multiple times. This was one that I did and, and something that you had just said He, because, I mean, so the the title never split the difference. He's like, I can't go into a bank robber and be like, all right, so you got 10 hostages. How about you let five go? You get rid of five and we'll just call it a day. He's like, I can't, I can't split the difference. So he's like, we got to figure out how to do that. And, and he said something similar, which was everybody, you know, in negotiating was smarter than me. I had psychology degrees, but he went into it with something called tactical empathy. And that was like his phrase where he said label, like it sounds as if, don't say you said you're mad. It sounds as if you're very angry about this. Or it sounds as if, and he's like the the it sounds as if gives him an out and leaves a window open for that hostage negotiator to get out of there without having to kill five hostages, but it gives people an out to go, oh no, that's not, we this is where we are not aligned. You're talking about this, I'm talking about this. Yeah. So I think for anybody listening, that's a really important. Thing because I think most, not all the time, but most of the time, you are in fact talking about two different things.
1: Yeah, and that's. I mean, I know we're talking about social media, but we said right there, that's great when you're talking with your patients when you want to
0: huge, huge,
1: really. Uh, I mean, they can tell you something, and then you have to figure out what it means to them. So that's a nice way to say that as well.
0: I remember reading the book and thinking back to my clinical experience. Some of them good, some of them bad. And, you know, some of the more challenging ones where your subjective exam needs to be five minutes or less. And I was like, coming from a guy who used to interview people for a <laughs> living, how do you how do you know you can get all the information you need in five minutes or less? And I'm like, can you though? I'm like, but how do? I, uh, uh, well, what are your questions you're going to ask? I'm like, and I used to interview people for a living and I'm like, well, they haven't answered the first question yet. So how do I know what the second question is going to be? I don't know which direction we're going
1: in. Yeah. That's funny, too, because the, it, it assumes that the subjective exam is about getting information. And that probably is the third goal of it.
0: All this, right. So for you, what is subjective? I'm, I'm curious. What are, so the, right, what are This is doing? the first
1: time I've ever said this out loud or yeah. even thought about it, but I just came to me as you're saying it. Uh, the point to me, the the subjective is where we get to know each other and understand mm. the person and they get to trust me and see if we're a good fit and all, all those things like that, that, that the, the subjective, like often those things don't even dramatically change what you do. You know, it's, it's more, if you have a relationship with the person, yeah. Uh, it's not the, it's not the details of the, of the subjective. Maybe it's more the, the feeling,
0: uh, I as still, well. The thing I said once to, um, a professor in PT school after a clinical affiliation. So I came back after six or eight weeks. And I remember I said, most of the time, the the patient, it was in the winter. Most of the time, the patient still smells like outside, like they're still cold. Huh. And I've already got them like on the table. And I'm like, that feels too fast to me. And they're like, well, you got to move at speed. And I'm like, but they're not warmed up. Like they're quite literally cold. And I've already got them like, we're past the getting to know, like, I'm just telling you what to do. I'm like, this feels like a real... Bad way to start a relationship in which I need you to own more of this than me just tell you stuff. Yeah, if I start off by telling you stuff,
1: that's funny. I mean, it's the same thing with the objective. It's overrated too, or the the, uh, the same thing when we do an objective. It's I, I doubt you're really finding anything that's actionable. You're doing the objective again because you're building a relationship and trying to get a sense of trust and confidence, and people expect it, so you have to do it as well, and just to show them. But, so, but most, so, we all know the diagnosis usually before the objective.
0: Right. So so how would you teach? So you, you just mentioned like sort of um, uh, the more important reasons or the more important goals of a subjective, which is really get to know someone, right? It's not it's not an information purge. It's not a, you know, what would be the most important reason for the objective portion? Is that still getting to know them or this is now, yeah. now getting to know how they move and not the person?
1: So I, I honestly think like, when you look at the objective, we know that most of our tests aren't telling us what tissues are damaged or things like that. They're not very specific to to tissue. And all we're really doing is recreating pain. That's fine. So if you look at what you're really trying to do there, and that might help you choose some exercises, but not necessarily. So we're just trying to recreate pain. And then which is really just showing to someone that you understand them and what's going on. And then all of the other tests you do are also doing that, showing that, look, I've done these tests. I understand. I'm not just guessing here. So for the, you are confirming to yourself that you're right. Most of the time you are, but you're also showing to the person that you're doing it. And you'll, you'll see people that uh, will talk about this where they palpate their back. They palpate someone's spine. The person came in and told you that their back hurt, it's probably <laughs> going to be tender upon palpation right, but right. you do that and people appreciate that right it didn't you didn't get any extra information but it was still probably valuable to the person right so i i, I would say that our objective is doing or the other way to view the objective which a lot of people talk about now which i like uh because i'm just going out there to confirm my biases <laughs> I only want information that agrees with me uh <laughs> is you point out how great people are. Look, you have a wonderful straight leg raise. You have the nicest reflex I've ever seen. That must have been like 36 milliseconds. I was on fire. Like, or not on fire. That was the right amount of temperature it should be. Uh, Or whatever. Like you do do all these tests and you're just saying, look how great you are. This is good. This is good. This is good. You know, all, all of those things. I went to the doctor today and he did that. I thought I had actinic keratosis. I get this dry stuff. Right. Like, oh, well, it's not this. It's not that. It's not that. That's great. This is what a bad one looks like. And he pulled out Google, so he just did the exam to tell me how good it was. I don't think he thought like that, but it ended up happening. And I said, yeah. "And
0: that's what that's what we do sometimes as well for so many sure. things." Yeah, yeah. Getting to know the person. You you mentioned another word too, which comes up um often in sort of the space that I work in uh, too, which is expectation. Right? Someone expects this if you went to a pt and didn't do some stuff moving around i don't know my dad went my dad actually went to pt today and he came in to tell me how it was uh and uh, he he doesn't listen to the podcast so i can say whatever it was exactly what i told him it was three weeks ago but uh so that's not gonna work um and he and i said well how did it go was it you know do you know i was sort of i didn't want to say it like just quite this way but i was like did it meet expectations he's like yeah like it was he worked on my balance, and I'm like, "Oh, great! How did he? How did he do that?" And he like showed me. A few, I'm like, "That's great. That's good." But to my dad, who is just like, "I show up. I do whatever you say," kind of guy, right? Fireman. I see fire. I mean, he was a fireman. Fire, water. We put it out. That's like very like cause and effect. His expect he needed to meet expectation. Like I th- and I think like a good deal of the subjective for my dad probably his PT was probably doing a little bit of reading of like, okay, this guy needs yeah. some action. Like, Uh or someone else needs to, if they're ready with like, I'm going to tell you a 20 minute story, listen for 25 minutes. Like, because if you rush that person, there's misaligned expectations. So some of it's reading. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: or, and and like you said, like that's, or or you can be really explicit and just ask people like, what do you expect? What do you think we need to do today? That is a huge,
0: huge question that we, that is not on the checklist.
1: no. And then we do that. I'm worried about my posture. Okay. Let's look at your posture. Tell me what you think about it. Okay. This is what I see. What are your concerns about that?
0: I don't I mean, care. I don't, care. I don't give a
1: shit about posture, but if someone else does, I'm going to check their posture and we can talk about it. Sure.
0: <laughs> I mean, the best way to never, you know, get in trouble. I was talking to a buddy who's not in healthcare at all, not in PT, not in healthcare. And I said, ask expectations early, often, or whenever you aren't a hundred percent sure what they are. Because if you ask that, there's never gonna be a meeting six weeks from now. It's like, what have you been doing for the last six weeks? It's like, ask that at the get-go. What would success look like to you is a yeah. huge question that sets the tone. It sets expect what would it, what would success look like to you? What's the biggest thing we should be working on? Could you imagine that? If someone comes in with a couple issues and you're focused on the third thing on their list, they're not gonna to wanna to be there for, you know, two to three weeks. They're not gonna come, they're not gonna be inspired to come back. No, I like,
1: I like that question. I asked things like that. Like, well, what's a good clinical outcome? Where do you want to be two months from now, six months from now?
0: Yeah. All and you things. work backwards from there. Not what I think. I think this is most important. Again, I don't care what you think. You know, what, yeah. what you, think. I want me, I want you to talk about me.
1: I will admit though. It is tough, especially persistent pain things. Cause there sure. are, if someone's had like I have persistent pain, I'm going to have it forever. I've had it forever it wouldn't be, it would be unfair for me to go to someone and say, I want to be 100% pain-free. Right. And, and there, but there are people that say that to me and you're like, shit, (laughs) I can't, I don't, I don't think that they can, you know, it's really rare, but that's often when people want, especially if it's been years and they've seen so many good therapists uh, already and that I, 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 sorry, I'm just, um, I don't have any solutions here. I'm just telling everyone my, my
0: limitations. Right. I actually heard a presentation, it was Grand Rounds this morning, and um, she, the the physician was talking from her point of view, and she said "I had she had chronic pain as well, and she was talking about, um, she was with a nurse practitioner, or she was with a bunch of physicians before that, that never took the time to look up, you know, she gave all the classic, like, this person was signaling to me that they were not paying attention to me, and she said, I finally got to the person I still work with now, so it's like, okay, green flag, this person, she's still with him now. And she said, I, I don't know how to do this, but we can figure it out together if you want to do that. She's like, You're my you're my girl. Like, okay, you are honest with me. You I don't know. Let's find out. Instead of the I, I I've done this a thousand times. Don't worry about it. I got this. Because then three weeks, three months from now, when it's not gone, what are you gonna say? That relate really, you 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 hinged your relationship on that statement.
1: Yeah, I not to be too contrarian here, but I do and I I practice the way you described. But I do know people who are the opposite, who are like, "No, this is the way it's going to be," and they're very authoritarian and that confidence. I wonder exactly. if there's a massive subset of people who really respond to that, like maybe your dad. I, do, I don't and disagree. Thing. And so yes. I always wonder, right. who am I missing? Who have I yeah. not helped yeah. because I took this partner role yeah. or, or no, you, whatever? And
0: true. always, yeah. And, and the, to- the takeaway from that is, as a clinician, I would say, do your style. Yeah. If you're a, don't pretend to be b. Don't pretend if you're if you're. I don't know. I'll figure. We'll figure. We, we can figure it out together. Don't be. Don't try to be the other thing. Because this goes back to my career as a broadcaster. I used to teach broadcasters, and I said, "Listen, don't be fake. The audience won't know why, but they'll know something's fake, and they won't All like yeah. it. And they'll reject it. They won't. They won't be able to put their finger on it, but they'll be like, mm, something serious is not right,' and I don't like it. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm with you. Uh, why does research make us feel? Well, not us. Me. Why does research research make me feel stupid?
1: Oh, it's designed to do that <laughs> for sure. I, I'm actually, I love research and love reading it, but I'm like a the, a huge, uh, very critical of it. The way it's happening now, there's so much. There's so much extra research that out there. It's you can't keep up with it, all of it, and I really think the vast majority of it doesn't change clinical practice at all. But it. Um, but since we tell everyone how important it is, it makes fee- people fee- and they and they could never keep up with it. It makes them feel like they're second rate and they're not doing a good job. And uh, so it's part of it. And I might be researchers who have to, like, sell themselves in a way. And since they're on, on social media, they're and they're going to overemphasize how important it is you know, I see all the time, I won't name any names or even be that specific. I remember seeing this, this huge research paper consortium, all these people got together to write this position statement. It looks like it took them years. And it was like, there's nothing in here. (laughs) It's like the simplest advice. And I don't doubt it was a lot of work. But it was just it would get so much press and like the big journals, putting it out there. I'm like, this doesn't change any practice, like, I, it must just makes people feel stupid, like they're not up to date when they actually are.
0: I've but heard anyways. people talk. Th- this is not a new. This is not a new question, right? So I've heard people talk. It, you're you're not incentivized to be clear. You're actually incentivized to sort of be what you were referencing, which is like complicated to sound like you are. What you did was much loftier than what you did. You're incentivized to publish, right? That that publish or perish. So I just need to get it done. Yeah, and then if it's confusing. And maybe the topic isn't exactly applicable, no one's going to use it. So now you have the clinic, you know, you have the people who would benefit from the research and understanding it, looking at the people who did the research going, you solved a problem we didn't have. So it's almost like, I mean, the system is, is set up to, to keep it this way.
1: There, there, there's that for, for sure. And there's also just the takeaway points are really, really simple. And all you had, you had to read so many papers to come with the, the simple point. Like say it's knee pain. People, Oh, I have to read all the research on kneecap pain. And all the research kind of says, okay, maybe do some strength training for the knee and the hip and the foot. Oh, okay. But there's like massive systematic reviews. What exercises? Oh, well, knee, hip and foot ones. Uh, how heavy? Well, I don't know. Low, medium or heavy. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like that's right. kind of what it is like it, to me. Actually, in some ways, that's a good way because research is simplifying. But you just have to go through a lot to give like really simple explanations here.
0: Even CP, even CPGs. I remember being a, a PT student. Yeah, and I remember yeah. the first time someone explained what a CPG was, I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, oh, because I had taken. We I think we took three research semesters in my three years of PT school, and I remember being like, "Okay, whew, buckle down, read this really dense." research because you're going to be smarter, like really like eat the elephant here one bite at a time. And then the next, it was in the second out of three classes. Someone was like, well, there's this thing called CPGs. I was like, what's that? It's like someone, some smart people did a bunch, read a bunch of research and they boiled that down. And I was like, Oh, well, let's just do that. That's cliff's notes. And I remember reading that and being like, even that's too much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, now you're getting my wheelhouse here. I'm a massive <laughs> dickhead <laughs> when it comes to CPGs. Because I think that they're just a couple steps up from blogs and opinion pieces. I can, t- I would never want to be. I remember reading Rich Willie's um, kneecap one. And right. I felt so sorry for him. Because he's a good researcher. He's a good thinker and clinician. But I could absolutely see in it. Because there's like 10 other people. It's a group. You can see in the sections. Oh, I know who wrote that section. I can look at the two researchers, the two oh, other authors, the yeah. sixth or seventh author. Oh, and so they would have like forced Rich to, I want this section in there. Right. And, and you're like that, this is just, and they'll have like two references just to cite it, but somehow it got in there. Right. And then another way to treat isn't in there because I look at the author's list and I'm like, oh, cause the authors, the researchers who do research in that modality or that intervention, they're not on the paper, so guaranteed that won't be advocated.
0: Voice isn't in the room.
1: That that's what it looks like to me. I mean, we had Chris Barton on our our podcast, and he just said he's like, "Yeah, there's a huge expert opinion because because we have a, a lack of research and we deal with murkiness." But people don't realize how much opinion goes into it, you know. And actually, good writing. And again, Rich is a good one. They'll they'll you'll actually see a good editor, a first author, and Rich did a good job of like saying. You know what sentence? So, this is more opinion based. It won't write it like that. It would be more in, in scientific language, but you can see it in there. But no one reads all the details right. like I do. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm not like the hugest. That's why you'll see CPGs, depending on what country they come out of, are different or what organization.
0: Why? Because the process is different or? The
1: process can be the same, but you just have different people in the room, like you said. Oh. And so they all, they all have different biases.
0: So, oh, I see what you mean. So, okay. So, in theory, presented with the same problem and the same body of evidence that you can draw from, they should all be pretty similar.
1: Well, no, they could be different because remember, two reasonable well, like, people can look at the, they are different. Yeah, two reasonable yeah, okay. people can look at the same amount of research and come to right. kind of different practical applications. Right, right, right. So now it's not like any of them are wrong. It's just that like we shouldn't take one as gospel. You have right. to recognize that there's humans there with opinions and biases.
0: All right. So I think uh, you heard it here first. Greg said, get rid of humans.
1: (laughs) Just the ones (laughs) that disagree with you.
0: So what would be, if you could wave a magic wand, what would be a better version of a CPG? What would be even, even more? I mean, is there one?
1: This is where I'm a jerk. That's the thing. Like it's still, it's still super flawed, but I, 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 I'm not sure. That's maybe like, that's why it's nice when they're really honest like they and they do try to do that and they try to grade it how much is opinion and not so i i i i I don't think i could improve it i think that smart people have done a good job there just people when they're reading it need to understand the limitations of them that that's all you have to go in there knowing like don't don't cite it as being like this is evidence-based recognize that right there's a lot of opinion here
0: well i mean in a re i forget what the cpg was that came out um, I think it was out of a- orthopedics. orthopedics was out of ortho and people were, you know, no matter what you say, people lose their minds, right? It's either left, right, middle people are losing their minds. And they, I think the one, somebody, somebody had a very clear voice. Like the, the G is guidelines. They're not telling you what to do. These yeah. people just did a bunch of work and this is what they're saying. And they tried to offer up a resource. They're not trying to corner the market on knee pain or back pain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, if, if you want a good example of that, I'm pretty sure if you see CPG CPGs on like um, doing meniscal repairs and things like that, uh, depending, so if if it's written by a group or just general surgeons or orthopedic surgeons uh, who do lots of different event interventions, they might be less hesitant to advocate it. But then mm-hmm. if it comes out of another journal, like Journal of Arthroscopy, <laughs> where you do, mm-hmm. you'll see that they're advocating it. So and they're looking at the same body of research.
0: Damn, humans are still in there. Yeah, can't get rid of them. Yeah. Um, what makes you optimistic? You know, we're recording this in January of 2023, so I don't, I don't like to do like you know resolutions or, but I do like to look forward. Like, what makes you optimistic?
1: Oh, we still have good, like, good people. That that's the thing. We just talked about how horrible humans are, but they're also, <laughs> they're also sometimes quite good, and so. I mean, we have a profession filled with people who care. I mean, that's kind of all that matters, I guess, when you're working with people and trying to help people in pain and injured. So yeah. people that care are going to keep trying to do better. There you go. That's
0: yeah, it. It's, it's, it's difficult to miss there. And I tell people, I mean, I, I used to use a different phrase. Um, when when I had the choice to hire someone who might be more experienced or or better and I'm using air quotes on a podcast, which is not a great thing to use, but there are the air quotes. When you're hiring someone with more experience or better versus someone who might be less experienced or less skilled, but they had the give a shit factor. It was that give a shit, that care. Like, and I, I you know, I used to use this one kid as an example. This kid Adam, who used to work for us, man, he showed up to the radio station. He's like, I don't know anything, but really, I really want to get good. And I remember I was the number two at the radio station. I was the up and coming kid, and my boss actually spotted it. He's like, "We got to hire that guy." Like, he just told you he doesn't know anything. He goes, "Yeah, but we give that kid a job. He is gonna mess it up really bad the first time, and he's gonna feel real bad about it. And he's never and he's gonna do a great job." You know, I'm like, that kid's just gonna progress. So I guess if you look at our profession that way, because I feel like a lot of people have been yelling the sky's falling, right? Telehealth, well, that's gonna erode this. I think people race to the negative. I think the negative is easier to spread. It's easier to click.
1: I think you folks in the states, your bigger issues are like uh, compensation and insurance Amen. and all. It's not the it's not the people in the profession.
0: No, you're right. No. Yeah, because so uh, are you still familiar still. with Marcus Lemonis? He does a show called The Prophet. No, no. He's like a guy. He rolls into a business, and he's a businessman, and like you know, it's like a. TV show where a business explains what they do and they're having problems. And he either chooses to invest his own money or not. And I like how he simplified things. He goes into his three Ps, right? He's like, it's people, product, process. And he's like, there's usually a problem with one of those. I mean, there has to be a problem with one of those. And he's like, I find it and then decide whether or not I can fix it if it's salvageable. And I think what you identified is, I think the people are Great, right? For the most part, like yeah. people are driven and they're, they're totally caring. So. I think the product that we sell, I remember I said this on stage at our national conference once. I was like, I'm proud to say that this is the product I get to communicate. Like, I have no problem advocating for this profession. I think that our product is good overall. I think you're right. It's It's the process in which we interact or can be sustained by our profession. And that's the system that we live in here in this country. Yeah. Which, which makes people angry about it, but they're angry at the wrong thing. It's not the people. It's not the product. It's the process.
1: No, and I'm less... It's weird. I've changed a lot through the years. I used to be very... Um, even 20 years ago, against modalities, ultrasound and stim and all that stuff. Right. We had to... Uh, why?
0: No, no, I said I, right.
1: I, oh, right, right. And I, I thought that it didn't make sense to me. But then, now I'm like, you know what? I actually think people might not like this. I think if you care about people you can actually, it, it, the modality doesn't matter that much. You can be a shitty therapist doing exercises and load management, and you can be a fantastic therapist that'll help a lot of people doing stim and ultrasound. You know, it's the it, it's that person in there and that caring and then some of the advice that you give. And, you, you know, and I, I, I didn't buy that years ago, and now uh, the more I read, the more I see, the or, or, or I, I would do placements. and I'd be like, this therapist is the worst. I can't believe how much stim is in here or whatever, right. but people got better and people loved them. And you know, the, I know that th- just cause something is loved, that doesn't mean that people are getting better, but they, th- there was benefit to whatever was going on. So, I mean, I'm less, um, okay. less harsh, I guess in my late forties than I was in my
0: twenties. <laughs> Talk to me about podcasting. What do you like about it?
1: So it, 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 it keeps you smart to like, have to keeps you smart I, or makes you smart. I don't keeping, there's an assumption in there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you are on your toes, you're always like thinking, hopefully challenging yourself when you have to verbalize your thoughts, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's like, you know, everyone says you really want to know something. You should teach it. Explain it. It's that, that, that's why I like the, the podcast and that. You know, yeah. and then, and ideally there's an information exchange, you know, and then unfortunately, like I've had some ba- bad podcasts. I've had one bad podcast.
0: Okay. Why it was, was
1: it a bad? Deb- What's that?
0: Why was it bad?
1: Oh, and it, it was supposed to be a debate on spine flexion. And I don't, mm. I'm not super into debate for like winning an argument. I like the term dialectic, which is like you go into something where you're both trying to find an answer that's right. dialectic not debate and this was not dialectic this just turned into a, a pissing match is horrible right. you know but so normally like on podcasts it's nice to hear really smart people say something like that you agree with but you weren't certain about and they they made it sound better but it's also okay to like disagree with people and understand where you're disagreeing and try to hash out the right. differences there, and then you can just leave them. You don't have to resolve them. You just right. come back about and think about them later. So you can. It's great to agree with people, and it's great to disagree if you if you go into it with a good attitude of like I'm trying to get better. I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. It goes back to what you mentioned before, and the phrase that I'll be honest, I didn't know what confirmation bias was until I went to grad school. And I went to gra- I went to PT school in my 30s. It was a second career. I remember in you know radio, we don't we didn't talk about confirmation bias. It was just you know wasn't a thing. Um, and I remember thinking, um, I mean, I started this podcast as an accident where people said, I can't believe you were so bold. I had a student, this is several years into me podcasting. I can't believe you we were so bold to just think that you could just start this. And I was like, oh, I was not bold. I actually, I didn't step outside of my comfort zone. I'm comfortable with a microphone. I've done this for a decade. I was uncomfortable in physical therapy. And the only way I knew reading wasn't going to do it for me. I was like, I could just, you mean if I ask this person for 30 minutes of their time and they give it to me, I can just sort of ask them what they think about stuff and they'll just tell me gleefully, they will tell you. And it was like the ultimate cheat code. I was like, this is fantastic. So like you're talking about getting smart or staying smart. I remember just being like exposed to new ideas and how many times I've said, like, the phrase, which I think for me is a win, like, I've never thought about it like that. Like, that is a great moment. When someone lists it, when I say it, I mean it. Like, when someone like a guest like yourself says something, and like, I've never thought about it like that. Or I think Adam Grant, who's a social psychologist, said, like, the biggest compliment in a, a debate or, or dialectic isn't um, your right. It's like, that's right. It's like, oh, it's not about you or me. It's about yeah. the idea. And I think to go back to the first thing that I started with talking about with you is I feel like you keep the idea at the center of the conversation because I'm going to make an assumption here. It's It seems as if your goal is always to just get a little smarter, not win the argument or not even yeah. have an argument.
1: No, and that's why you'll. it's weird online. And I think it probably frustrates people that I know I'm usually debating or discussion discussing with people who are very similar to me, Hmm. but I'm just taking a a different viewpoint. So it's almost like I'm choosing someone's my avatar and I'm arguing with them. That's what I I do. do Someone
0: someone else is your avatar. Yeah. So I know,
1: I know I like what their thoughts are. They're very similar to me and how we practice. And so those are the people that I want to challenge because it's like, I'm challenging. They'll. I, I. know that they hold a, a view
0: that's similar to mine. To to see if they'll change their thought or or just be open to new thoughts,
1: because it's almost like they're making my argument better. Hopefully. Oh. And it's weird. The the like. I always challenge people about exercise. Exercise is what I like to prescribe. But I'm I'm the hugest. Um, uh, I, I, I criticize exercise more than anything. Even though that's how I practice.
0: Why why is that? To why is that?
1: Just to 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 like it, I, th- I think y- you should challenge yourself first. Yeah. Like okay I I'm not I don't want to throw rocks and glass houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's it. I actually feel sheepish. I don't do acupuncture. I don't do a lot of manual therapy anymore. I don't stretch people. And um I actually find myself defending those things more. Uh because I think it's fair and it's the ethical thing to do. And I challenge exercise more, which is the thing, which is my bias, you know, or like what I ask people is like, if you're going to challenge dry needling or stretching or something, are you, are you holding your own intervention to the same, you know, critical lens, like to the the same standard? And I don't think we do that enough.
0: Yeah. Try to sink your own boat, right? Like try to shoot as many holes in your boat because yeah. if it still stands up then okay good but yeah i don't know, don't know what that's called
1: can... i don't know what that's called when you do that like bad stress your stress oh. testing stress yeah. testing i guess yeah. yeah yeah that that's that's the idea yeah so that, that that's it i never when someone says something egregious online like does something totally stupid. I don't I don't usually go out of my way to make fun of that. Occasionally I have like a moment where a lot la- <laughs> like a weakness where I can mock like everyone else can mock, but I try, I don't do that. Usually that's just with activation drills. But other than that, I don't do.
0: So so, so a I few really,
1: things I like to make fun of.
0: So I tried to go back in uh, Twitter to, to look for something. And then I tried to use like the advanced search feature, but I gave up because I couldn't figure it out. I think you once told people that you take like month or three month dives into topics. So instead of like someone like me, who's like, I don't know, I just like to like learn stuff all over the place. You'll pick something and you'll go like an inch wide, but like a mile deep about that to see how much you can learn in a month or a couple months. And then you sort of go, okay, cool. I've sort of hit the bottom of where that is now, for now. And then you move on. Did I get that right? Was that you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do that. I usually try to take a topic that I think I know well, like so, something that I believe in. So uh, I for over a decade, I've sort of challenged the idea of wear and tear, you okay. know, for NEOA. And then I'm like, okay, let me try to, you know, videos on that, books like. Workbooks and blogs I've written, and I'm like, well, let me let me see about that. <laughs> what? Uh, how strong it's is the research? This yeah, and then and so I took a few months of the deep dive, and and I actually I don't think it's fair to say wear and tear is inaccurate. That's I want it to be. I'm a movement optimist. I want to say that load and stress on a joint is a force for good, right? In almost a, a every instance, and when I really look at the research. I don't think you can say it, right? So if you, so for a while, I'll, I'll, there's that running paper that came out. You know, it was about um, recreational runners had less, you know, knee OA than right. non-runners and competitive runners. And I'm right. like, and ten years ago, I'd be like all over that. I would just cite it without thought or something like that. And now I'm like, let's really go and look at all in that review. Let's look at all of the papers in there. You know and some many of them are cross-sectional and the ones that are prospective aren't that big you know and the cross-sectional ones well then you have survivorship bias because maybe the people who ran for 10 years there's something as special about them and that's why their knees look healthier and the people who couldn't keep running because of knee away they had to drop out you know think think things like that so like i've really that that's what i like to do is sort of challenge it It doesn't change too much what you do i'm still going to advocate strength and conditioning and loading up joints heavy when they're painful and throughout your life. But it's just sort of trying to be academically honest and and, and stuff like that. So do why do I know what I know? And how strongly should I hold this opinion? That, that, that's sort of the idea.
0: Was that approach like, I mean, it must have been really like, thoughtful, like you don't accidentally say, I'm going to go really deep on this topic for the next couple of weeks, because I want to because I'm because I want to I want to know more. Yeah, that must have I, it, right?
1: I think maybe how it started would be, I actually probably tried to prove myself right that not with mm. that topic. Uh, and then slowly over time, I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what actually it started with stretching. I've been anti-stretching since the nineties. I'm not kidding. That was a big thing in my master's was 97 and I was going out of my way because everyone was like, you got to stretch. and I was like, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the research. And then I started finding work like Ian Shear in 97 wrote a paper saying it's overrated. So I would uh, look for research to support that. And then in 2013, I was asked to write a paper with someone. And and I was only asked because they knew what I was going to (laughs) say, which was stretching sucks. (laughs) So I thought I should read the literature again. And as I'm reading, I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) it's not... It's not as bad as I really? thought. Really?
0: Oh, it wasn't as bad?
1: No. And I I had to do a complete revision of my take on stretching. And so now I hear people say things that I was saying a decade ago and they they haven't done the deep dive and they don't know the, the the stuff and I'm like no it's not as straightforward as that.
0: It's right, not so as on.
1: bad as you think.
0: So all right, so two questions. How did it make you feel when you got there, and the monster wasn't what you thought,
1: so I didn't feel so bad like like I was okay it wasn't it didn't really affect me. It was the fact that I was writing a paper, and the people right. I was with they kind of expected something, so it was the other people, yeah.
0: right, right, right.
1: And then after that, I was like, well, how do I spin this to my benefit? And I, <laughs> no, I'm not, I actually, I did do a keynote once about stretching and the whole point of it was like how to challenge your bias. And I gave that mm-hmm. as an example. So I, I guess I did turn it around to something good. And then, uh, so, so yeah, uh, I was comfortable with it because it, it wasn't, it changed a viewpoint. If you're, I'm f- fine admitting I was wrong. So that, that didn't, didn't harm me. And it didn't change how I practiced. I'm still advocating other things. In fact, it made it easier because now I I didn't have to like tell people to stop stretching or things like that. Right. And now actually I love it because it's fascinating. It's opened up other really interesting topics for me, like, like like how do we actually lengthen connective tissue? I know I'm off topic here, but now you got me excited. Your fault. No you don't. And it it's so fascinating because if you strength train a tendon. If we, when you, I've said this a thousand times, but if, when you pull on a tendon when you're strength training, the tendon over time will get stiffer and stronger, right? right. That's what happens when you pull on a tendon right. with strength training. So now imagine you're a tendon and someone is stretching. They're doing a long ankle dorsiflexion stretch. What's happening at the tendon? It's being pulled on. It's right. undergoing strain. It's the same force that it that happens when you strength train. Why would that tendon lengthen? It right. doesn't know that you're stretching and it doesn't know that you're strength training. All it knows is that it's undergoing strain. So to me it's really interesting. Like so I see, I hear people say don't stretch out your shoulder cuz you'll cause the capsule to become more lax. Right. I'd be like why? The only force you can put on a ligament is tension and the way connective tissue responds to tension is to get stronger and stiffer. So like, it's so like, now I'm stuck. I'm like, can I, how do we, can we really lengthen anything? It muscle can, muscle can slightly, but that makes sense. Cause you can grow it in series potentially, or somehow the stiffness changes. You know, I'm not sh- sure on that, but muscle can. So, but connective tissue, I'm like, Jesus, is it possible? Like we've been warning people away from stretching with connective tissue disorders or injuries to not do it. Cause it'll make them lax. And I'm like, how and then, and then I get to go down a rabbit hole of like, where's the research? Why have we had this opinion for so long? I'm like, I can't find any research. We're actually stretching. Like if you just roll your ankle every day and try to stretch out your ankle into inversion, like, will it act, will those ligaments actually become longer and less stiff? I'm like, why would they, aren't you just loading it up every day? And don't we mm-hmm. respond to load by getting stronger? I don't know. You tell me you got the answer nope anyway so that's why i like this stuff it keeps me i don't know entertained
0: my second question after discovering that was um how did you then what did you do differently you i mean you, well you, you you sort of tipped your hand yeah. you said you eventually did a keynote on it which is like you 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 went the other way and said well actually uh and then yeah. you, you know you did a keynote about it but i guess it didn't it, it did it open your? because you continued to do this method too, in terms of like the deep dive, taking looks at Mm. things and challenging yourself. Yeah.
1: It's to be honest, maybe I haven't taken it far enough because like for knee pain, I think strength training, getting people running, walking active again, good positive beliefs, make the ecosystem better. That's what I like to do. And I would never advocate stretching for it, but there's actually and people so many people are like, no, no, don't don't stretch, it won't be helpful. And then you actually look at the two or three papers that are on it, it is helpful. <laughs> but I haven't gone so far as to like, you know, put that into practice and start teaching stretching to people with knee pain. Right. But but you're probably you,
0: less likely to demonize it.
1: That that that's where it is.
0: Right. Which is and like so no someone term. wants
1: to, you get to say, sure, go for it. Maybe add these things as well.
0: Yeah, which is probably more of what we started talking about, which is which is meeting expectations. Like, hey, this person didn't trash the thing that I was really into or thought they advocated for something else too. Yeah, in addition to not 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 this, but that. How about this and that, or a little bit of this, a little bit of that.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, you probably could have given that advice thirty years ago. It's just we went down the wrong track because we missed this. Is what I mean about research not always helping. A little yeah. bit of research led us astray.
0: Well, you said, where's research, the research? you said, where's the research on would would actually stretching help people with a connective dis- tissue disorder? No one's doing it. Why? Yeah, Because enough people have said, well, it's bad. Exactly. How do you know it's bad? We just know.
1: Yeah. You'll, you'll see, hear people say, don't stretch someone with tendinopathy. And I would say, why? And then people just say, well, because I, I saw there's an infographic. And then you go read the infographic and then you re- read the reference for that. And there isn't one. It's just an right. opinion. And then some some will say, well, I'm an expert in tendinopathy. And I say, well, if you're an expert in tendinopathy and your choice of intervention is heavy strength training, how can you say stretching is bad? You've probably never given 100 people stretches for their ankle. Like you you don't even you don't even have the personal experience to say you can't say something's bad if you've never done it. (laughs) Right you could you can't say it doesn't work you haven't tried or when when it's happened people's like well i have all these people who come to me and they didn't get better because they were stretching and i'm like yeah but what about all the people who were stretching and got better and And then they wouldn't come to you you didn't (laughs)
0: didn't, there's you know what i mean like of course right
1: but we we can't trust personal experience this way it doesn't work
0: all right the last topic i'll throw at you is why simple approaches have complex effects
1: i was just gonna say yes (laughs) wait you just gave me the conclusion as a question (laughs) you're not allowed to do that
0: i don't know so let me let me go the other way why do we overcomplicate the way to get the effects that we want why do we do that as humans specifically in our profession i think i'll go on a leap and say we do that
1: we do Because we think, we know that it's complex and complicated the way human function is. So we think that we have to match it, right? Like, if I go outside and start a fire, the way a fire works is complicated, right? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of chemicals going on and what it takes to start a fire. But I just need to throw a match into some dry wood. My (laughs) my intervention was just this, you know, dropping a match in there but the, the the process of how fires are created, I'm sure as a, you know, it's a chemical reaction is or the process of how a match even lights is right. complicated. But for me to, I, me to, I don't even know what, it, stri- strike a match? Strike a match? I don't, I don't even it? know what the word is. I was going to say turn on a match. For me to turn <laughs> on a match and <laughs> describe it as complicated. So do we I, do that out of inferiority? We, we do it all the time. Do we
0: What's do that? it to, oh, to test ourselves?
1: I think our profession, definitely in Canada, it's hard to get into physio school, so you attracted a lot of very smart people, and that's just how they like to think, and they have to they have to keep themselves intellectually uh, curious and challenged. So that's what we do. Uh, that that's what I think.
0: I just wanted you to say I, it. I wanted to bring it up because. I catch myself doing this all the time. I had the luxury in what I do in this profession is I get to help communicate and I'll start a lot of campaigns or working with organizations or people. And I'll say, if I'm ever using terms or ideas that sound too complicated, push back because the stuff I'm trying to do is transfer information from us to other people. And there are different ways to do that. There might be some chemical processes in the fire, right? Like, you know, SEO or websites, but the root of what we're trying to do is very, very simple, not easy simple and it should remain such yeah and i like framing things like oh sorry can you still hear me yeah i can now there we go just lost a bit there which is funny because i was just talking about how there are some complicated things in transferring information sometimes and sometimes the internet works and sometimes it doesn't but at the at the core really what you're trying to do is is simple i'm trying to move information from person a to person b and I think there's a similarity or parallel there is we're trying to get complex effects, but the way to get them is simple. But then you put people in that equation. We want to make sure that you, are, the patient understands how complicated this thing that's going. And I understand it. I am the gatekeeper of that. But really, the idea, the concept should be simple. But humans oh, mess yeah. it up. So I think the theme from this episode is uh, Greg said, all the people are the problem.
1: They are. Get rid of them. <laughs>
0: All right. Yes. <laughs> uh, the last thing we have a tradition on the show. The last thing we do is a the parting shot. So that is your uh, your chance for a, a mic drop moment, uh, an idea, whatever whatever idea you'd want to leave with the audience. Uh, it's brought to you by our friends at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. They have their uh, current concepts course to help you take that OCS exam. So the, the 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 parting shot is really just whatever you want. What what do you if you had people to remember one thing about this conversation, just one thing, what might it be?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Honestly, I I actually think it's related to the complexity things is that, and this is a bit, a bit um, um, like I'm a public speaker at a high school, but like (laughs) you, (laughs) you are all enough (laughs) as you are. Like we, we really do. And I'm, I'm part of the continuing education, uh, empire. And I think we, as a profession, we make people feel less, uh, than they are. And part of it is, I, I don't know why we do it. And we, and, and we shouldn't, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Like you, you've got the skills, like there, there's not like, we all want to think, Oh, we need to know more. There's answers that are out there. And I've, I've given this example for years. It's like we get up to a fence and, and we think that on the other side of that wall or fence are the answers and we got to keep pushing and pushing. And we actually think that there's people over there on the other side of that wall that have the answers, and there aren't. That that's the thing. There's a point where we're all just going to hit the the limits, uh, and a lot of you are already there in in areas. So don't. don't I'm I'm just, keep learning and keep challenging yourself, but you you know at at some point give yourself a break. Yeah, I think hearing you like Zach, sorry, go ahead.
0: I say hearing you say that uh, made me think of something I just read recently. And I can't remember where it was, but. It was the person you are now or where you are now is like where the 10 year 10 years ago version of you like dreamed to be. Like you wish you knew now then. Like you were dying. You were working so hard 10 years ago, five years ago to get what you have now. And like be enough. You're enough right now. I like that message. Uh Greg, thank you so much for your time, man. This was uh this was, you know, after reading and watching you interact with people for a long time. I didn't want I don't like to set expectations, right? They always say, don't, don't set don't don't try to expect too much of how it's going to go.
1: Oh, I thought um, you were going to say don't meet your heroes. I was getting there.
0: I make you feel bad. But but after after reading and learning from people, even if it was just watching you challenge people, I was like, huh, how is this going to go? I was talking to a friend before I hit record. Like about two hours before we hit record, I remember thinking, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to go. It's going to be great, or it's going to be a bonfire. So at least it wasn't a bonfire. <laughs>
1: yeah, but it wasn't great. <laughs>
0: I liked it, and I selfishly use a podcast, this pod, my my podcast, as a tool to learn stuff. And I say I went into it for you know the right reasons. Now I just do it for the money, but I went into it for the right reasons, which was I want to learn stuff. and And then what the accidental part is, oh, when you released this to the internet, like people find it, and you're like, I don't know how people hear about this, and that's such a cool ride. Which is, if I can honestly be vulnerable and say, I don't get it, help me understand it, explain it to me. Because we're recording this, because we get to leverage it, other people get to learn too. And for me, like that is like just a fun experience. Like, wow, other people are as clueless as me, or other people want to know the answers to that too. That's so that's so fun.
1: Yeah. I like to spread propaganda as well.
0: Yeah. Just spread the propaganda. All right. Greg Lennon, appreciate your time. Thanks so much for jumping on the show. Thank you. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No
1: clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.